compete. Compete in everything you do. Compete on the practice field, compete in the weight room, compete in the classroom, compete in everything. You need to win the drill, win explosive, move forward. So I hope Compete clear. in every single aspect of your life. Here's what's great about college football this year. podcast of Penn State football. Welcome to the Unrivaled Podcast, the official podcast of Penn State football. Today we bring you one of the more interesting stories within this program from one of the hardest workers and someone who has no doubt done it from the ground up. That's number 36, Jan Johnson. To share a different perspective on his story, we welcome in his mother, Teresa Johnson, and father, Jan Johnson Sr., who were both former student athletes themselves here at Penn State University. Guys, let's hit the ground running. Tell me what Jan was like growing up in your household. Jan's got a really goofy side, um, and but then he also has a very caring side. Um, we've, we see both sides of that when he was growing up. Do you have any good stories when Jan was running around as a little kid, embarrassing stories? It's probably your only time <laughs> that you're going to be able to get this in is his last year go round. You know, we were talking about it when he was little. I think he was kindergarten, and I got a phone call at work that he had um, probably needed stitches, that he had run into a tree on the playground, and I left work driving. Probably ran a red light, almost got in an accident. I was beside myself because I couldn't think of what tree was on the playground at daycare, and get to daycare and it's not a tree it's a sapling um so we had to take jan in and he needed to get um some stitches um needed to get a shot a novocaine shot and the doctor said to him well i need you know you need you to count to 10 while i give you this shot we didn't know if you could count to 10 because he was only in kindergarten and he closed his eyes and next thing you know he was like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten <laughs> counted so fast and uh we were like okay good he knows how to count so dad did your heart go about 150 miles an hour when you got that phone call uh that phone call? No. <laughs> no. That one you were good. <laughs> that whatever. Ran right. into a tree. Yeah, he's tree. all good. Yeah. Be fine. Guy yeah. things. Yeah. Whatever. You know, right? Yeah. All right. So then let's fast forward to there comes a point in a day when you realize that Jan, your son, is obviously skilled when it comes to sports and he's going to be able to do something at the next level or whatever it is. But he took a very different journey and you guys have athletic genes within your family. But Take me back to his junior year of high school when he got his first football offer. I know the offer started to roll in, but it wasn't the sport that he necessarily wanted to go to the next level with. So when that first call came in, what was that moment like for you guys? Well, I, I know for Jan, um, I think we were at the beach. We were at the Outer Banks when the when the calls yeah, could be right. made, and he wished he he really wanted Penn State to call. He just was waiting because Penn State has has. I think everybody knows this is his dream. Um, but the rest, the wrestling, he was getting wrestling scholarships. Yeah, that um, had been talked about um, yeah. through the years in the ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, all the way through there. But he said from the beginning that he felt that he wanted to play football, and uh, so and that's when you know the, she's talking about in July when they could start to reach out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that he was, like she said, she was waiting for Penn State to call, but they hadn't called at that time. Now, were there some tough conversations I'd have to imagine late nights, early mornings, whatever it is, when, you know, those wrestling offers were coming in. There's wrestling history within your family, but he decided, you know what, I want to play football. How many of those tough conversations happened? I, I don't think they were that tough, uh, personally. I mean, I think it was really about what he wanted to do. And when we had gone around and we had talked to some schools, we did the camps, we did the whole, those things for football, um, what we said was just, hey, listen, just 
talk to the wrestling coaches as well. Just talk to them. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to change your mind. You don't know where it's going to be. So, so we did that part of that, but he really always wanted to do the football and that was okay. That was totally hundred percent up to him. And, and what he did, like he had a successful career in football as well. So I mean, he was, and he enjoyed it and he had fun. And that's, that's part, part of the whole thing. His lone FPS offer came from Akron, and then he also had an offer from an FCS school of Fordham, which Joel Moorhead was at at the time. Where was his head at in those conversations at home? And, the, the, again, the conversations that had to happen, whether that was a decision to go, but it sounds like you guys were all in it together as, you know what, Penn State was kind of the only thing on the mind. Well, I think the conversation was um – he really liked Joe Moorhead, really liked the coaches up mm-hmm. at Fordham. They were, there was a great group. The Akron coaches were wonderful also. Um, but I think the conversation was don't have any regrets. If Penn state is what you want and that's your dream, then you have to go for it. You can't be sitting in the dorm room of Fordham pining away to be at Penn state. And you can't be at Penn state saying, geez, I'm a walk on and I'm really not happy about being here. And I really should have, should have, should have. So make your decision, live with your decision, continue to move forward. Um, as you, you know, as your decisions go. So when decision day happened that he said, all right, I'm going to Penn state. Was that a moment of relief for you guys? A moment of stress? What was that like? I think I, you know, I think it was, that's what we knew. That's what he wanted. Um, and I think um, we were both former athletes at Penn State. Mm-hmm. So I think we had uh, maybe some background that other people wouldn't have as far as being able to tell him, you got to work hard. You got to do what your coaches do. This is a different level. But when you go in there, you know, I told him I swam for Penn State. When I walked in, there were 13 girls in my freshman class. The end of my freshman year, there were five of us. There were two of us who swam for four years. This is a tough road for kids. It's a tough road for four years, five years, academically, socially. It's really tough. And so that's what we told him. This is your dream. Coach Franklin gave you this opportunity with that walk-on spot. Make the most of it. Prove that you belong here. You know you can, you know, just prove yourself. When he first arrived on campus and was starting to do workouts and stuff like that and obviously trying to make a name for himself, what were those conversations like when he would call back home, when he would call you guys he individually? Calls home. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he needs to call home a little bit more. Uh, but when he would talk to you guys, obviously, like you were saying, the road is tough and things are difficult. And not everybody knows that until you go through certain things in your life. But what was the first initial instinct when he arrived on campus for him? Um, I think, um, I don't know that it was any different for him maybe than at all the freshmen because I think these kids come in and they come as, you know, the top kid out of their program. And then they get themselves in a room of all top kids. So I think initially, um, you know, his first year, it's when you talk to him, they're okay to redshirt. Once they get here and they realize they're like, okay, this is a different game. It's a faster game. They're bigger and I got to learn. There's a lot more to learn. So I think um, Jan is a kid who will sit back and watch. Um, he's Sometimes he's not really vocal, but he's more of a watcher and a learner. So I think that um, that's what he was doing his freshman year. Comes on to campus. Then I read somewhere that fall semester of his first year, he gets a text from Coach Franklin saying, come mm-hmm. to my office. So his heart probably drops immediately. He lets you guys know, I'm assuming, right away. His, your guys' heart drops. Did you, get, well, did you know right away or no? No, we didn't know. He's not well, I was again. here. Remember? Was it- I was oh, here. You were here. I was right. here for a conference. Oh, that's right. And I was meeting Jan for lunch, and we met at a corner. And he said, "Coach Franklin 
texted me and I was like, oh my God, what'd you do? And he go, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so we drove up and then I thought, well, do you want me to come in? And then I thought, well, no, wait, wait, this isn't Little League. Uh, so I sat, I had to sit in the car and wait. How anxious was that? It was pretty anxious. I was pretty anxious. So he gets, goes up to coach's office and then obviously your mind's going a hundred miles an hour. There's probably some communication going on with you as well, but then he comes down and says, well, wrestling is an opportunity. Yeah. I was sitting in the front seat of my car and he knocked on the window and I said, what's up? And he said, coach Sanderson asked if I could come wrestle. And I said, what did you tell your dad? No, not yet. Not yet. So, um, we were, we, uh, he came back up later to uh, meet with, meet with coach Sanderson and talk to coach Franklin. And I think there, again, it was his decision on what he wanted to do. And so he was asking, but we were said, look, you've got to decide this, uh, coach Franklin, coach pride, um, Spence, they were unbelievably supportive of him and what decision that he wanted to make. And, and it worked out really, really well. And he was really, really thankful that he had that opportunity. So why do you guys think he made that decision to ultimately join that crew and go on to win a national championship of many for that program over in the wrestling complex? But why do you think he made the choice? I think it was because of Penn State. I think that he wanted to, they asked him for help. He obviously understands who Kale Sanderson is and and, uh, what kind of man he is. And Franklin was so supportive of him that it was like, you know what, this is going to work out for me and it's not going to hinder my progress at all. I didn't even enhance it. And um, he wanted to help uh, the wrestling team. Let's jump over to Friday, November 13th of 2015. <laughs> Inside Rec Hall, there you guys are. Sanderson squads up 47 nothing on Lock Haven. Jan comes out for the final bout of the evening at the 285 weight, and he's going against a kid that's almost 50 pounds heavier than him. So when you guys are sitting in the stands, he ends up winning it, which is awesome. And I'm sure it still sends chills down your body. But what the heck was that moment like? Well, for me, it was uh, just overwhelming just to see him go out there and wrestle and do something that, um, you know, that we had done, my brother and I had done as well. And for him to be in that position to go out there was, was just brought tears to your eyes for sure. Same for you? Maybe for a different reason. For a different different reason, I was glad he was all in one piece. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) Obviously, then he goes on and goes back to the football field, and I'm sure he thought mentally and physically that, you know what, he had to catch back up because he takes that time off to be with the wrestling program. Coach was very supportive, like you guys were saying, but then he has to come back and get back into, quote-unquote, football shape compared to wrestling. And so that was probably a difficult road within itself, but then he – goes on to tear his ACL his sophomore season. When you guys received that phone call, how difficult and emotional was that? Do you remember? Uh, well, so I, I was that yeah. was down that was down in Maryland watching the game actually. And uh, so I wasn't actually at home. And as soon as he went down, which I thought uh, he had gone down in that play, it, his leg just buckled. I knew I said he tore his ACL. I can't. I cannot believe it. Um, he actually then, when he did, when I did talk to him, he said that it actually happened uh, up two plays prior to that. Is when he really had injured it, and he's kind of like, oh, this doesn't feel really good. And then on that one play that was televised, that you could see it, you see it happening. But um, so I, I kind of just felt it. I felt that it, that's what had happened, and that's what he had torn, and that's what the injury was. And you know, talking to him right away immediately 
he was so positive. It was incredible. And um, it's just really said about how this is where I am. This is what they're thinking it is. They're going to make sure that it's there tomorrow with an MRI and stuff. But um, I'm just going to have to work through it and get to where and get healed and be back as soon as I can right away. So he gets back to where he can be as soon as he can. And obviously those are difficult days sitting in the Lash football complex when you're sitting in the weight room or out at practice, you're in the meeting rooms, but you're not necessarily on the field. You're not involved. You're not the front runner, if you will, of that program. So were you guys kind of that support system for him when times were difficult and he obviously wanted to be out there doing his thing, being with his teammates, but how much did you guys provide him with that support? You know, I think, um, like Jan said, I called him. I wasn't, I wasn't at the game either. I was, you know, in my friend's living room and beside myself with excitement, jumping up and down because unfortunately there was that targeting call, which today I still say is a bad targeting call. <laughs> and I knew he was, I thought he was next in line and I thought, Oh my God, here it is. He's going in. He's, this is it. Um, and then, and then you talk to him in the locker room and he just said, mom, it's my ACL. I tore it. And I just said, you're going to be back. You're going to be stronger. You're just going to have to, you're going to have to fight through this. Um, the trainers were awesome. So he comes back, he battles back, he gets back on the field. And last year he had a big season and made 13 starts for his dream school, which is awesome. And I'm sure you guys are proud as heck and um, only look forward to seeing what he does in 2019 and 20. But does it ever kind of hit you guys when you sit back and you look at it and say, oh man, what a ride. It's still a dream. It is. It's still just incredible. Every single day is such a darn blessing. It's incredible. It's just really neat to see someone, especially your son, be able to have that type of um, commitment and then get the rewards that you're looking for. So we're just just thrilled for him. We're just so excited for him and that he's reaching some of the goals that he's accomplished and continuing to reset his goals. And I think it's just it's, it is really, really neat. So Jan seems to be someone that's never super satisfied and is always striving for that next thing. And I think that comes from both of you. But when he earned that scholarship, Coach Franklin gives him the scholarship, and then you guys received the phone call from him. Was it shock? Was it expected? Was it anything like that? What was kind of the emotion of that day? Well, first of all, we didn't get the phone call right away because Jan um, used Jan used Coach Franklin's number, and um, I didn't. He called my work phone number rather than my personal number, so I didn't have Coach Franklin's personal cell in my work number. So same. I saw it and I ignored it. Same thing here. So that, I, Eddie tried to call me. I think we, we ignored him for five hours or five something. Hours, yeah. So he called that night, and I think it was it was still like it still does seem like a dream. It seems like somebody's going to pinch us and we're going to wake up and go, okay, guys time to go home you know it's it's it was just amazing is that a I'm trying to understand it from our parents perspective because it's so different when your son or daughter can call and say you know what I'm on scholarship and that's that's a relief for everybody not to have necessarily that accumulation of student loans for that specific time period but is it a relief is it a, a sense of accomplishment for Jan obviously it is but for you guys as well and a kind of a family unit yeah I think it's um you know that when we when we told Jan to go for his dreams and um, you know to go for it, you, you were turning down full scholarships to other places. So that was a choice that we made. So it was more of a. To me, it was more of a 
an acknowledgement or a recognition of all of your hard work. So um, to me, I wouldn't say, I didn't look at it that it was really financial, although it was, so I don't mm-hmm. want to say that, but but it was more of a... Um, Affirmation. Yeah, you know, just, you affirming know... His, affirming what he believed in and where he was. So it was right. really just really happy so much and so happy for him. And I think like Teresa said, we were... We were he was fortunate. He understood that too. He was fortunate that he had that we had the ability to help him go to college uh, without that scholarship. Well, there's a lot of other kids that don't have that opportunity. So the choice for them is a little bit different. So they're going to Fordham or Akron, which is great schools and, and great educations and great football programs. But he was allowed that opportunity, and I think that he's been thankful for that, um, you know, all along. So it was more about him saying this was the right choice for me. Because certainly, again, a lot of people, like we talked before, said, why in the heck isn't this kid wrestling? He's a two-time state champion, and he's this and that, and why isn't he wrestling? I can't believe it. And he's like, no, football's what I want to do, and I want to do it. If I'm going to challenge myself, I'm going to do it at the highest level. And that's really where where he ended up here at Penn State. So should that highest level come one day of the NFL? And obviously that's everybody's dream when you're playing at a Division I powerhouse like this at Penn State. And Hopefully he gets that call to come be a part of the NFL. But if you can put yourselves in that mindset for a second, what would that moment mean for not only Jan, but for you guys as well? Um, I think, you know, our mindset is you got to take each week, one week at a time. Um, I think there's a lot of expectations for this team. I think Jan has a lot of expectations for this team. And this is your senior year, and I don't – we're not going to leap past it. Um, you know, I've tried to tell Jan, I think one time I call him big Jan yelled. He's like, why is your son the last one out of the tunnel? And I said, cause I had a conversation with him to be in the moment to try and take it in because you're going to, you know, you're going to forget if you're all hyped up. And I, I had just said to him before one game, when you go out, just take it in. And I think he was last and you were like, why is he last? And I'm like, Oh, I told him to take the moment in. So, you know, there's still a lot that Jan wants to accomplish with Penn State. Does he ever share any of those moments with you? Um, I'm trying to. I don't know that he really. He'll he he'll he'll say like he'll say I didn't do well on that play, or he'll get down on himself that he didn't do well on a play, or he didn't make a run, or he didn't do something. But, um, no, I, I, we haven't. You know what? Whatever he wants, we're going to support. Sounds like it could be a good story 40 years down the road, 20 years, whatever it is, when you guys are all sitting as a family together, be able to share some of those moments, whether it's running out of that tunnel in Beaver Stadium or even some of the road games. But um, Jan has earned two degrees already from Penn State University, and obviously that's a big accomplishment for anybody at this at an institution like this. But how do you think Penn State and this staff have kind of prepared him for life after football in the future? Very, again, their support has been there all the way. Education has been the focus all the way. Um, they're, they're, they continue to be encouraging. Um, they didn't, um, you know, Jan never felt when you're talking about uh, not just the educational part, but I don't think he ever felt like he wasn't, and he didn't have the opportunity. And so that the opportunity was there and that he was going to be able to, you know, based on his merits, be able to get to wherever he wanted to be. And so I think that's a good lesson for life is that you are in control of your destiny. Ultimately, you're the one that's going to be able to make that happen. There's going to be challenges along the way, ACL tear, so on and so forth. But if you're willing to do it, you're going to get there. And if you don't actually reach your goal 100%, 
you're going to get close and you're going to be a better person for it. And I think that's the message Penn State sends uh, through, um, through all their athletics, and I think that's what Franklin's um, message is. So I want you guys, last final thing, to send Jan out with a senior message, if you will, for this upcoming season. And obviously, he's a guy that has defined what it means to be a Penn State Nittany line from his grit to his toughness to all the core values that Coach Franklin talks about every single day within his program. But go ahead and send him out one last time. And obviously, the season's going to open up here August 31st inside Beaver Stadium. What do you have to say to him? Enjoy it. Uh, try and be in the moment, leave everything on the field, you know, just take it all in. It's, it's this is just such an opportunity. And I, I want him to remember that he owes me for two late drop classes. You're not going to let that go. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. He dropped two classes late before he was on scholarship. He owes me back that money. And the only way he cannot have to pay me back, I told him is with two interceptions. Two interceptions this year. <laughs> Two interceptions. One of them has to, he has to score a touchdown. Well, he's got to run in the right direction. <laughs> it, that, that's high. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure on him. No, no, and it's I'm not. <laughs> Dad, how about I'm, you? Like um, Teresa said, enjoy it. Enjoy every single day. Enjoy every single moment. Enjoy the battle that's out there and continue to believe in yourself. And continue to believe that, that you can do whatever you set your mind to and you're going to be happy. You're going to enjoy your life. For more information on number 36 and the rest of the Nittany Lions, be sure to check out gopsusports.com. While you're at it, be sure to hit that subscribe button and send us your comments, questions, and reviews. We'll see you next time on the Unrivaled Podcast. Unrivaled, the official podcast of Penn State football.